Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to spend a little bit of time with me and my guests to learn a little something. I have a fantastic network of amazing people who make my life richer in so many ways. They make my personal life better, my business life better, my whole life better, and I want to share their stories and their teachings with you so that you can make your life better as well. We are all meant to do great things in our particular domains, and I hope that some of what you learned today may help you to live in your greatness. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am your host, Michael Whitehouse. As you know, most of our guests over the past few weeks have been Conference 21 speakers, but I uh, have a special bonus interview here for you today with Van Sturgeon. Van Sturgeon is a, a real estate uh, developer, investor, general contractor, and he has a very unique offering that I wanted to share and kind of share his business model. I thought uh, some of you might be interested. What he does is he almost takes sort of the fee-for-service type approach that some financial advisors use and applies it to the general contractor space. Uh, He coaches, advises, whether investors could possibly even homeowners, on how to do a project uh, so that they can be their own general contractors. It's kind of fascinating what he does, how he does it. There's a whole lot to learn uh, from the behind the scenes of the, the GC process, the general contractor process, uh, and a bit to learn about real estate investing as well that I want to share with you. So this is Van Sturgeon. Uh, double check out the show notes, his website, and some contact information for him. Uh, he's definitely someone you're going to want to connect with, and I believe he will be a future Conference 21 speaker. I just happened to connect with him after the cutoff for the February uh, speakers, but I wanted to include him here in the show uh, in this season because he's got some really interesting things to share. So without further ado, I bring you the interview with Van Sturgeon. Hello, everybody. Here with me today is Van Sturgeon. He's originally from Chicago, but now splits the time between Toronto and Miami Beach. Van is a successful entrepreneur, real estate investor, owns a number of successful businesses in real estate, land developer, home builder, owns companies construction, renovation, and manages over a thousand units in Michigan, New Brunswick, and Florida. And on top of all that, he has written books on home renovations, been published in a variety of media outlets, and over the last 30 years, Van has learned the secrets and systems needed to carry out successful house renovation. His mission, uh, and what we're going to be talking about, about today, is to help new real estate investors overcome their fears of house renovations and become more successful in their investments. Um, so, Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for, for joining me. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Michael, for, for inviting me and uh, being on your show. I, uh, I, I've uh, listened to you and, and I appreciate uh, your viewpoints. And so I'm looking forward to a great conversation with you. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, let's start from, start from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Um, so, you know, walk me through your early days back in Chicago. How did you get started in real estate? What led to your success? Uh, well, it's uh, it's an interesting story in that uh, my parents uh, immigrated to uh, to uh, America. My father was uh, as a U.S. citizen. My mother immigrated to Canada. My father actually served in the uh, in the armed forces, uh, the military during the '60s, and uh, my mom was in Toronto. And eventually, they got together and they made a decision to live in Chicago. And uh, we lived in a in an apartment in an apartment building. My father was an architect. My mom did odds and ends and looked after my brother and I. And uh, the whole purpose, they were just, just worked really hard and tried to put their 
couple of dollars together and uh, they wanted to eventually to go out and buy a home. And I don't know how uh, my father found out that the building that we were living in actually would, uh, was up for sale. And so uh, he put together all the money that he could, borrowed, and uh, did whatever he had to do to put a down payment. And he took over. He, we, we bought the property. And this was in the uh, late 70s. And I'm kind of dating myself. And I think you're in the same kind of generation, Michael. If you recall those, uh, those days uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, they weren't very good times. And at that time is when uh, we took over, or my parents took over ownership of this building, and and uh, things weren't uh, weren't all that great during that period of time. High uh, unemployment, interest rates were were at eighteen percent. Um, unemployment rate was 12 percent. It was just a miserable time. It was also during that Iran hostage uh, situation. Um, I remember waiting in line for gas. Uh, <laughs> So it, it was a it was a horrific time, and in the neighborhood that we lived in, uh, you can so you can see how it was deteriorating quickly um, because of the economy and because things were really tough. You I, in my neighborhood, there was it was lined with with buildings that were torched, like uh, buildings that were put up for uh, put up. Uh, yeah, they were just destroyed because because uh, property owners couldn't maintain them. Uh, tenants had left, they weren't paying. And, and as a result, uh, the only resort that a lot of property owners had at the time was to set fire to the buildings and collect insurance money. It was, it was a really bad time. So in this midst, uh, we were forced to, as a, as a family, uh, you couldn't hire a painter, you couldn't hire a, uh, a plumber. We had to do all the work ourselves. And so as a family, we bound together and, and we, we trudged on and we were we suffered vacancies like everybody else. Uh, I think that there was times when half the building, over half the building, was empty, and so we did every way we could. So that was the whole genesis of this 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 journey of mine. Is that I came from a background of having to do everything myself. So I learned everything that it is to know about renovation, whether it's uh, you know, painting, plastering, uh, working on a roof, uh, windows, you name it. I've done it, and uh, so. As, as we went through the 80s, uh, things progressively got better. And then I went off to university, and that's where I got experience to, to Canada in that I, I applied to and uh, uh, got accepted to University of Toronto. That's where I went to school and um, graduated, uh, applied to law school, could have, got, uh, could have continued on with law school, but I was, I was interested and in, enthralled with real estate. And, and so I... I had a really difficult conversation with my parents because every parent wants their son or daughter to, to be either a doctor or a lawyer. And I had my chances and I didn't, I didn't follow through, but I explained them what I wanted. And uh, begrudgingly, they, they let me do what I wanted to do and they supported me. And so I moved off and, and uh, became a general contractor. I worked on a variety of different projects in the early days from, from renovations on homes, also the commercial buildings and uh, built up a company, built up a following. And as, as I continued on in that uh, process, I became more and more uh, uh, engaged with uh, the real estate investor crowd who had homes on an ongoing basis that they were looking to renovate. Either they would flip them or they would actually, um, would actually hold on to them and rent them out. 
And so with that relationship, I started to get an insight as to what they were doing. And I started to do the same thing on my own in the late uh, 90s. I started acquiring properties. I would renovate them myself and then move on and uh, sell them. Some of them I held on to uh, as rental properties. And so that's how the how the business evolved. And I got to a point where because I, I'm a micromanager and I, I, I have this mindset or used to have this mindset that I'm the only one that can do things right, that I would actually look after the whole renovation myself, physically looking after, physically hiring, physically doing the work in many cases also. And, um, and that started over a period of time that became more and more involved. And I, I, I get to the point where I was I was frustrated and I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, it came to a breast one night when I was... Uh, lie i was i was sleeping at an actual job site uh, i was on a house that i was i had a very tight uh timeline and i needed to uh, i needed to get it renovated and um i slept at the actual job site and i remember waking up in the middle of the night staring at this fresh freshly painted ceiling and thinking like uh, worried about uh, the contractor that didn't uh show up when you're supposed to and the contractor that uh, I uh, was asking me for money, even though the contract said he, he, I didn't have to pay him money. He wanted to need money because he had to pay his employees. I was worried about a kitchen manufacturer that didn't show up. He was supposed to produce products at a particular time and didn't. And all this came crashing down on me, and I and I was I, I couldn't take it anymore. And so I I really had to uh, take a couple of steps back at that time and sort of reassess what I'm doing and reevaluate and. Um, uh, and there's been individuals that came in particular at particular stages of my life that helped in the in the evolution of myself as a, as a real estate investor. And so that was in particular situation that occurred with me at that time when somebody stepped in uh, and and helped me uh, help me with digesting what I was doing and how to scale up. If that makes any sense. Yeah, well, so it sounds like one of the the first benefits you had was the benefit of not having much when you were first starting. So you 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 had the it sounds like a weird benefit, but the the benefit of being forced to learn. You you had to learn to paint. You had to learn to to swing a hammer because your family couldn't just afford to hire somebody or or throw money at it. Um, and, and then you said so so t- towards that turning point, you had some some coaches and mentors along the way. I, I like again. I, I began to frequent that crowd, and I got to see individuals that were were doing really well and were scaling. And I wanted I wanted to learn what they were doing, and they seemed to lead. They seemed they seemed to lead happy lives, and <laughs> I, I wasn't. And so I uh, I approached one of them, and he took me under his wing. I paid him. I paid them to mentor me, but it was it was the best investment I ever made because it was I he. He was able to show me the roadmap to how to, to, to success, to how to scale up. And it, if it wasn't for that, I would have probably ended up figuring it out. But it would have taken me a lot longer in the process. And in that process made, you know, wrong decisions here and there, which would have cost me money. Like that, that's the difficult. That's the issue with, with when you start uh, when you start in real estate investing or when you're doing a home renovation is that a wrong mistake in the choice of contractors or in the type of renovation that you're doing and, and it can really cost you a lot of money, thousands of dollars. We mm-hmm. all have heard the horror stories of, of contractors that come and go and steal and don't do the proper, you know, work properly. Um, yeah. So, so that's where uh, this, the, the coaching played a huge role in my life. And I've, I've continued to, I've continued to even to this day pay for coaching. 
Mm -hmm. I, I believe in mentorship. I believe that if there is somewhere that you want to get to, the, the easiest and most efficient way to get you from point A to point B is to actually grab somebody and have them hold your hand and take you from that process, take you through that process. And then in that process, you learn and you, you're educated by it. They're there to mentor you. They're there to coach you. They're there also to inspire you. There's moments, in, uh, I remember there's moments that I, I didn't trust or believe what the what my mentors or coaches told me, but I, I, I let go of that mindset and I, and I indulged and, and I, at the end of the day, I realized, yeah, they were right and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, uh, it's, I strongly encourage anybody who's interested in getting, getting somewhere uh, that they do, that engage in that. Because it's like picking up a guitar. It's, mm-hmm. it's like anything that we do or learning how to drive a car. You can pick up a guitar and without any instruction or anything, you can try to learn it. And I guess over a period of time, you could. But the next step would be to go on to YouTube or go grab a book and you start reading it and then we'll help you in the process. But mm-hmm. the best is to actually have a teacher right in front of you, engage you as you're strumming that guitar and you're figuring out and you're helping you know you should hold the guitar this way, that way. And I'm speaking for practical experience because yeah. I, I, tr- I wanted to learn how to play the guitar and uh, I, I've got, I've, I, I'm still not there yet, but I can understand and see the benefits of actually having somebody instruct me versus trying to wing it and learn it on my own. Well, especially you're talking about, you know, home renovations where, where, you know, a lesson can be, can cost tens of thousands of dollars and uh, a coach probably costs, costs quite a bit less than learning it yourself. <laughs> it's good to learn from mistakes. It's better to learn from other people's mistakes. So how much have you spent on coaching and mentorship? You know what? I, I be honest with you. I, I have always had uh, friends, family, neighbors come to me, whether it's something small as, oh, I'm going to replace my deck in my house. Can you come? Can you help me to uh, to to people who want to do full, uh, full, full home renovations? I actually had a, uh, a friend of mine come to me two days ago who's looking to build a home and uh, wanted wanted some help. So I've always been doing this over the last 30 years. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been doing this. But it really came to a breast was uh, over this pandemic when um, it, uh, I'm sort of in a semi-retirement stage in my life. I have, mo- I have these businesses that I've already uh, got them on cruise control and, and I've got great people that are looking after them. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of in a semi-retirement stage and I've sort of lost the zest kind of for life in that I, I, I'm looking for something more. I'm sort of at that, you know, maybe a little bit over but mid-age mid-age crisis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to do something different, trying to trying to recapture that energy vitality. And, and this pandemic hasn't helped things as everybody's suffering. But mm-hmm. during it, I, 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 got a, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who, who says, hey, you know, I, I got this house that, I, that the wife and I want to renovate. There's a bunch of things we want to do. Can you, can you give us a hand? And so that's where this whole journey started in that I... I engaged it. I, I got together with them, sat them down. I walked them through the process, what they crystallized a the plan. Uh, we, we initiated the plan, we got the contractors and it was a great, it was a, it was a great process. It was a wonderful process for them and that they learned something, but it also at the end of the day, when you accomplish something like that, uh, aside from saving the money, they saved a lot of money, but it was a, the accomplishment of doing it themselves. Yes, I assisted, I held their hand, and I directed them. But at the end of the day, they did it themselves. They didn't hire a general contractor. They did the co- they managed the process themselves. And so, engaging them that and, and ex- giving them my experience is really 
I, I, I was energized by it. I, I, I was passionate. I love it. I enjoy, I enjoy, I, I enjoyed the real estate. I love it. This is what I know and I'm really good at it. And so engaging them really brought out that this is something that I want to do mm-hmm. and, and helping people. And uh, the next, uh, after that experience, which was great, I, I came across a friend of mine who's a, real, a fellow real estate investor, but also a real estate coach. And so I started talking to him. I told him about my experience and he's like, yeah, you, uh, this is one of the reasons why he's doing it because it, it energizes him and he helps people out. It makes them feel good. And he goes, there's a lot of fear out there in people, in new real estate investors coming into the real estate investment uh, world. There's a huge fear and apprehension about buying that first property and renovating it. And often they'll just go to a general contractor and, and general contractors cost money. And speaking like one, because I'm a general contractor, uh, I know I know the business intimately. And I know as a general contractor, if you, Michael, came to me and said, hey, I want you to renovate my house, mm-hmm. I'm going to work into a profit margin of 30 to 50 percent, uh, depending on the size of, the size of the work. I'm gonna, that's the kind of profit margin I'm working in. So if it's a $50,000 renovation, for an example, my profit margin would be at least 15,000 to manage that for two, three, four months. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of the beast. And so if you can act as that general contractor and go and plan and manage the whole process out yourself, you can save that money. And along the way, even if you were to make a mistake, you have that cushion of all that money that you saved uh, from, you know, not using a general contractor. And there's a lot of things, other things that I can go into, like the mm-hmm. benefits of, of, um, Acting and acting as your own general contract, managing your own home renovation. One of the critical components of, of being a successful real estate investor is being able to walk into any property and being able to figure out and diagnose what the issues are and being able to put a dollar value on it. Because part of real, the real estate invest being successful in real estate is you need to be able to value renovations, value property. Mm-hmm. So walking into a property that is up for sale, you need to be able to quickly diagnose what it is that it needs, how much it's going to cost, and then determine whether there's value in purchasing it or not, right? So if you don't have that fundamental need as a real estate investor, you're you're going to have a difficult time to get that figured out. Uh, there are property inspectors out there that you can hire. You can pay $300, $500 every time you look at a home. But there are situations as a real estate investor that you got to jump on a deal and you got to go in there and you got to look at it and you got to make an assessment and you got to put an offer in. And you can't wait for for an inspector to come and look at the property. You got to you got to move. You got to be proactive. So, again, it's one of the fundamental things that you need in your toolbox to move forward as a successful real estate investor is to be able to look after and manage your own home renovations. Okay. Um, yeah. So I can definitely see the, the value of doing that. Although it sounds like a bit of a, a bit of a reach for, you know, someone who's especially just starting out to, if they're listening to this and being like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll just learn how to uh, appraise about home on the fly and manage my own team. And, and um, so, you know, how would you help someone overcome that fear and, and, you know, what are kind of the biggest challenges someone has getting into this and how would you help them get through that? I, I, I think that first of all, that folks uh, need to, one of the biggest problems I find new real estate investors who decide that they're going to manage their own renovation. And I see it all the time. And everybody sees the the project as a driving along home and they see a project that started 
and it just keeps going and going and never comes to it comes to you don't you like it takes too long. You wonder why it's why it's why is that garbage bin still sitting out in the front of the house for six months, eight months? Uh, uh, you know, a good mm-hmm. renovation in a home should be able to you should be able to accomplish that in two three months. And so the biggest thing I find is that folks don't start off with a goal. Like they, they're, they're not, they're, they're, they're not clear and defined in what it is that they're looking to accomplish. So I encourage everybody to, before they start, is to actually put a goal and write that goal down and use that goal as a filter as for whatever steps that you're going to take in the eventual renovation of that property. So if my goal is to renovate my home, I'm going to write out, okay, I'm going to renovate my home because I want this, this, this. And you got to write it down and you got to see it. You got to appreciate that. Uh, if you are renovating a home to flip, if you're renovating a home to, to rent out, these are goals that you've got to put down. And you got to also write down what the, what the value is that you're deriving out of the renovation. Meaning if I'm looking to flip a home, I want to flip one, two, three main street, because I'm looking to make $50,000. If that is your goal, you need to write that down. And so then off of that goal, you go re, you re-engineer, you reverse engineer, I'm sorry, reverse engineer it back where you say, okay, if that's the case, if I'm looking to make $50,000 on this flip, what are the things that I need to do in this particular home? A lot of stuff is not being planned out properly, Michael, ahead of time before you engage contractors. You need to go do your research. You need to go out in the marketplace and look at what's going on. What's going on? If I'm looking to make X amount of dollars on this particular property, what is that guy down the street, down the block, down the road, selling their home for and and talking to real estate agents, talking to real estate brokers, talking to whoever that is in 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 that area to get a sense of what they're doing so that you can implement that. And then off of that, then you work back, you work backwards in planning out the actual renovation. Often I find, like I said, uh, so many times, because I act as a general contractor, I have people come to me to renovate. So, oh, I'm looking to renovate the home and very generic stuff. I'm looking to renovate the home and I need a new kitchen, new bathroom. How much is it going to cost? I, I, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how to answer that because you can, there's toilets that you can buy for $100. You can buy them for $1,000. There's kitchens you can buy for $5,000, $15,000. And the more – so I encourage people to start with a goal. And then once they have a goal and they've done their research, then they move on to a needs and wants list. And what that is, needs are things that you need. The mm-hmm. homes. For example, if your home has got a roof uh, and it's got a leak in it, that's a, that's a need. You need to repair it. But if you want to replace uh, some shaggy red carpet from the 1970s, -hmm. that's really not a need. That's a want because unless there's a trip hazard, you can get by with continuing to walk and live on that red carpet. So you need to create a list that separates needs, what really you need to get to your goal and wants. What are some things that if the budget allows allows for it, then you apply that. You use that budget money to do that. And also you got to establish a budget. And that's one of the things there in between your goal and, and uh, putting a needs and wants list together is your budget. You got to figure out how much money you have. There's a lot of resources that are out there in the marketplace and the government, actually, they're depending on your municipality. Um, there are resources out there financial that, that will let you borrow money at very, very low interest rates. There's also cash, obviously, that you put aside that you would use toward a renovation. There's lines of credit as well. 
-hmm. But there's a, these are the things you got to figure out what the dollar amount is because we can have uh, goals that are you know to accomplish to be able to get to the moon, the stars, and the sky. But ultimately, it's about it's finding the dollars to be able to do the renovation. Mm -hmm. also. So you need to use those things to get to the point where you you got a list, you know what you want, and then you move on to you move on to creating an actual document. It's called a scope of work, and and that is uh, that is critically that's important because in that document you sort of crystallize everything that you've accumulated, information that you've processed into that actual document, and is that document that you have. I want the kitchen uh, renovated because uh, I want the sink replaced. I want the refrigerator replaced. And this is the specification of the refrigerator and the stove. And all those types of details need to be put in that document before I make one phone call to a contractor. And that's where I find many new real estate investors don't do their due diligence, don't do all that information, get all that data stuff together before they take that step forward into a renovation. It makes sense. Yeah. So, so they, they kind of just launch into it like, hey, we're going to need a kitchen. Let's call a kitchen guy. And then we'll figure out what else this house is going to need. And yeah. And that's um, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. I get people that will come to us. Uh, you know, in it, it, it's resident on the residential side is quite different than the commercial side. On the commercial mm -hmm. side, you don't have that. Everything is written, uh, everything is decided upon. And you, as a general contractor like myself, I, I do quotes every single day. As a general contractor, it's a commercial job. You know exactly what, how many to the linear feet, square feet, everything is detailed, and you gotta figure out a lump sum price if this is what it'll cost. Mm -hmm. On a residential side, unfortunately, there's a lack of that detail, and 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 it causes confusion. And oftentimes, it's to the benefit of the general contractor. I'm a general contractor. I, <laughs> I, uh, the more ambiguity that there is, the more opportunity for me to be able to take advantage of you, ultimately. That's and 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 so you know, how do you so of course you, you want to get that plan ahead? Um, now is that something that you help people with? Do you talk about how you, you you coach and you support people? That's the kind of thing that someone can can call Van and be like, Van, I want to do this and this, but what am I missing? How what, what steps do I need? Is that a place where you can help out? Absolutely. That, that's where that's where I, I would love to get involved in that process and 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 walk grab somebody by the hand and walk them through the whole through the whole mm -hmm. process. Uh when I'm in, uh, when I'm engaging people, I'm engaging them on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and I, I I I love it. I enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. The only issue is that I only have I only have so much time on my hands. Like, mm -hmm. I have to help everybody, but I, I also have an ongoing businesses and commitments, so I have only so certain amount of time that I can share with people. But I, I enjoy the process, and I want to I want to, I'm out there to be able to I want to help people. I enjoy it. So yeah. well, what's great about the, the place in business you're in is that, uh, you know, whatever you, you charge the coach will probably save a multiplier of that on not having to do the job twice or hiring the right contractors or anything like that. I, I, absolutely. I, I guarantee that uh, my involvement will definitely will, will not only save them the money, well, the money that they're going to give me to, to look at, to help them walk them through their process. Mm -hmm. They're going to get that back. And then some in terms of the savings of the actual whole renovation. Yeah. And then, and then, and then there's, there's a two most important is that number one, there's a skill set that they, that they learn when they engage in a successful renovation that they mm -hmm. will be able to take and use for the rest of their real estate investment career. So when they purchase another property 
and they move on and they acquire more and more properties and they scale and they create a portfolio, it's something that they would be able to use. And But the number one thing that my involvement is that typically my involvement is with new people that are new real estate investors. So their biggest problem is fear, is mm-hmm. the mindset. And the fear of taking on a home renovation, it's, it's pretty daunting. Like if you think about it, Michael, in order for us to, to raise the value of a property, you actually, it's, it's really weird in that you buy a property, you have to decrease the value of the property in order to increase it. So what does mm-hmm. that mean? I have to take the prop, buy the property, and I have to rip out the kitchen, rip out the washroom, replace the windows maybe. All these certain things that you have to do to the home, you're demolishing and then you're, you're renovating and mm-hmm. you're increasing the value. And so that whole process is pretty daunting for a first time, you know, first timer. And there's a lot of fear and it's understandable. Like uh, typically these types of homes are, are the single largest investments that people will ever make in their lives. Mm-hmm. Not only just in the financial terms, but it's also the time and memories that people create in their homes. This is where their families are. This home is something special. Everybody needs a home. And so when you take a hammer to a wall where you knock down a washroom, you know, that's pretty, there's a lot of fear there. And I Mm -hmm. I get it. So my involvement is to really grab people by the hands and help them through that process, change the mindset and get them and get them, put them in a proper place so that they are, they, they succeed. Definitely they will succeed with my involvement. And ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, they have a skill set that they can carry forward for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. So if someone's watching and they're they're not able to hire you for whatever reason, um, what should they be looking for in a good contractor? How, how can you tell the, the good ones who are going to take care of you from the bad ones who are going to take you? I always say that uh, it, uh, we real estate investors, home renovators, whatever, we're always looking for that unicorn contractor. What I What that means is, it's a contractor that doesn't exist. It's a contractor that shows up on time, a contractor that does great quality work, and a contractor's you know, peanuts that cost peanuts, right? All those three things is what we're looking for in an ideal contractor. And unfortunately, uh, we, never, uh, we never find that person. You mm-hmm. might find them every once in a while for a little bit of a project here and there, but they quickly get gobbled up and quickly they, they, they change because – Acting as a contractor myself, I know that it's a tough it's a tough racket that we're in. In that we don't have a regular job, we don't have a nine to five job. We're always on the hustle as general contract as contractors. Period. Plumbers, electricians, painters. We're all out there on the hustle, trying to get more work because there's ebbs and flows in the season. Mm-hmm. In the winter time, like we're, we're like we're up here in the north right now, um, there's not a lot going on in January, December, January, February because it's winter. People wanna. People, you know, they're paying their credit card bills for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. But it's just the weather's cold. Uh, Things are kind of different uh, back, you know, in Florida and those types of places because it's warmer weather. And if you have more consistency, but even then you have holidays, you have there's ebbs and flows. And so as a contractor, you have peak seasons where you have so much work, you don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And then then, then there's times where you don't have any work and now you're scrounging around trying to find something because you have overhead. And so one of my suggestions is, uh, is, is never to look, never to look for that perfect contractor because you're never going to find them. What you need to do is understand and appreciate what contractors are driven by and the, how you filter out what the contractors that you need to put in your renovation 
uh, is different depending on the actual renovation itself. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I'm looking to renovate my home versus I'm looking to renovate a rental property versus I'm looking to flip a home, each of those three scenarios require a different type of contractor. Mm -hmm. For my home, one of, I would imagine for most people, it would be, I want the best quality. Second would be, I want them to show up when they're supposed to show up. And then money, the amount of money that they're going to charge me, although important, is not that important versus these two other variables, correct? Yeah, you'd be living with a long time, so. And so, and if you were to go, if you're flipping a home, it might be the other way around. It might be, I, I'm willing to put up, put up with the nonsense of a contractor, meaning showing up, not showing up. I'm willing to put up with, you know, not so much, but, you know, the quality is not so good. But the price, you know, I have to get it at a particular price in order to meet my budget. So this is, again, one of the one of the things that I stress to to people when they ask me about how to identify contractors. First, you got to know what it is that you're looking to renovate and why you're using this particular contractor, uh, the type of contractor. And then there's a process of filtering out uh, the contractor you should be using. So to answer your question more directly, I suppose, is. How do you find a contractor? Well, you got to find a contractor, first of all, by you have a, uh, you, you tender out your project. You have a scope of uh, work and each of these contractors specifically will price out apples with apples so you can compare. That's one of the difficulties I find all the time is that plans sort of change or contractors on purpose will let out things and include things in their quote and then you can't compare apples with apples. So number one thing is, Make sure you're comparing apples with apples uh, from one contractor to another. Once you've done that, and depending on what you're looking for in terms of the, the work, the renovation you're looking to do, then you identify the two to three contractors that you feel that are the ones that are best suited for your renovation. Then you got to do your due diligence on them. A lot of time, it takes time, and people don't want to waste time. They want to just go, go, go. And this is what gets them into problems. You got to do your due diligence. You got to look at the references a contractor is giving you. You got to go visit the site. You got to engage in conversation with maybe that person, the principal who had hired this contractor. See what 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 happened. Make a phone call. Then it'd be nice if you the contractor that you might be using actually going to their job site, seeing the condition of the job site, seeing the quality of workmanship. It's talk is easy. We can all talk, but actually seeing physically the crew, how they're dressed how they carry on how the job sites, how they're preparing things is important. And then we all have it, but there's a gut sense that we all get. When you're dealing with somebody, you, we got in the back of our minds, you'll get the sense of who is that we want to work with and who we don't, who's a scammer, who's, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so not always is your intuition accurate. I've, I, I make mistakes all the time like everybody else. But you got to follow those things. And there's other things you can also look into as well. Um, I, I, I strongly encourage references from property managers, from, from other real estate investors, from uh, real estate agents, salespeople. There's a whole community of people, friends, family that have used contractors that you need to tap into. So when people say, oh, I can't find a contractor. No, you can find a contractor. You're just not working hard enough. You're not, you're not out there working hard enough to do your research. Well, I, I think a lot of people, you know, they're, they're so used to, you, know, you buy a car, you go to a dealership, you find a car, you haggle a little bit for, you know, 2% and then you sign it and you go. And I think they're, unless they're in business, they're not used to. So if they're either a, a private homeowner or a small 
small scale investor, new investor, they're not used to that like due diligence concept of, hey, I want to go like you never say to your car salesman, I want to watch you do another deal um, to make sure you're fair. Like they'd be like, what, what the heck are you talking about? Get out of here. Right. But but, you know, when you're talking about hiring someone for a 10, 15, 40, 50 thousand dollar job, it does make sense. Say, I want to see how you do your business before you rip apart my house. I want to see what you're doing in someone else's house. I think a lot of people, you know, may hear this for the first time. Be like, oh, it never would have occurred to me to ask to see their job site, to ask to, to visit another place they're working. That, that wouldn't seem appropriate. But you're saying that's something that's appropriate and and uh, reasonable. Absolutely. And any contractor who comes to who says that they don't want to give you a list of references or list of uh, job sites, you run, walk, don't walk, <laughs> run away from them because. As a contractor, if I'm an electrician, a plumber, a painter, a plat, whatever, like there's a certain level of pride in workmanship that I generate, right? You need to have. Yeah, well, I want you to see it. Look, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and so if that guy is not giving you, or girl is not giving you a list of references of of past accomplishments, there's something wrong there, and I would run away from that individual. Uh, it's not. It, it's we. We're all driven by dollars. We all want to race to the cheapest. To the you know, always thinking that we're going to find the nugget. You know that nugget. Mm-hmm. And I and I've gone through it. I, I've renovated thousands of properties uh, over the last thirty years. And so I, speaking from experience, don't. It's fool's gold. Don't chase after that nugget. Try to uh, do your homework. Do your research. Man, it's not always driven based on dollars. You have to do, you figure out what it is that you're looking to accomplish, and then you'll find the right contractors for that particular job. It's not driven by money. It's driven by other things. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So I imagine that the, the selling proposition of a general contractor is you're going to pay us a chunk of money, but don't worry, we're going to take care of everything. And so that's why it's worth it to do that. Um right. But but you're suggesting people should be managing their own renovations, uh, and of course their response might be, "Well, is not the general contractor's job? They got the experience, whatnot." What is the benefit of besides saving the money? What is the benefit of doing it themselves? Um, and how would they overcome their fears and kind of manage their own, um, you know, the, their own renovations? Typically, like uh, in particular real estate investors, you are you are you are on a you're on a timeline to renovate a property in that you probably have borrowed money from a mm-hmm. bank, from a hard money lender. And so every month that goes by can literally cost you thousands of dollars for that delay. Mm-hmm. And so new real estate investors, even old ones, will elect to go the route of hiring a general contractor because you're gonna do give them three things. A general contractor like myself will give you cost certainty in that I'm going to say for all this work, I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. There's a certain level of quality that I'm going to provide in terms. And you can see that in previous work. And then there is the timeline that I'm going to say that by X so-and-so date, I will have, um, I will have finished your project. Unfortunately, as a general contractor and being very honest in particular on residential, each of those three things never rarely happen. Price, especially with new real estate investors and homeowners, just on the residential side, price is never a is never finite. It's never finalized. It's never final. Even though I might say that this renovation is going to cost fifty thousand dollars, I know that you, an experienced you who does have not planned out everything properly, is going to blow that budget. I know that. 
I can just, in my engagement of a conversation with somebody, I know that these people, based on how much information they've gathered, the research that they've done, I know that they're not, they're going to blow their budget. Second of all, as a general contractor, I am going to provide a level of quality. Yes, I can provide that level of quality. But what happens with general contractors is that we are basing our work on other contractors. So I'm the general and I hire the electrician, the plumber. No, no general contractor has an electrician, plumber, painter dedicated to that profession. We all sub that out. And so my reflection of quality is directly related to who I get on that particular job site, right? And so quality can fluctuate. I try to control it, but I also am dealing with human beings as a general contractor. Some people have good days, bad days. So quality can suffer. So I might say in that contract, I'm going to produce a certain level of quality, which is subjective. What does that mean? I don't know. But I can provide you with some level of quality. But in actuality, I don't know myself because it depends on the so the trade that I have, the electrician, the plumber that I have able to be able to grab to finish a job site. And in particular, especially, it's extraordinarily difficult in peak times for me to be able to control quality because the good guys that I perhaps want, they're busy. They tied up here, they're tied up there. And if I have a tight deadline that I have to meet, I can't, it'd be difficult for me to reach it because I'm struggling to find contractors to do the job. You got to consider that if you a home can be broken up into 25 major components. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all these components put together, it, it requires a contractor for each one. And so that is a difficult part in, in my process as a general contractor. And the last piece of business is time. Like I, again, if you, uh, if you can't get your act together as the investor, the homeowner to give me direction on certain things that I need, I will blow that. I will blow the, the timeline out. Like instead of getting it done to a particular day, I know how to be able to extract, to extend it because you haven't done your, you haven't done your homework. You haven't done what you need to do mm-hmm. to get the renovation done. If that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this whole notion that I'm just going to hand it over to a John contract because they're going to guarantee me this and this and this is a, is not true. It's a fallacy. I'm telling you as uh, on behalf as a general contractor that it doesn't work like that. It all is ultimately a function of you and how you uh, get your acted planning, acted in gear and get your planning in place. Mm-hmm. And me as a general contractor, if I have all those, yeah, I should be able to produce it. But if you if you can get all those things, the background stuff done, all the planning and details already put together, then why do you need a general contractor? Uh, okay. So, so, so in other words, in order to get the value of a general contractor, you'd need to do their job for them anyway, to some degree. And by the time you've done everything you need, so to really have a guarantee of sure price, sure time, sure quality, you might as well just be hiring the hiring the contractors yourself. Yeah, because ultimately, in order, how does a general contractor, how can a general contractor like myself crawl into your brain to figure out the type of style kitchen cabinets you want, the color tile you want, what to renovate, what not to renovate? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I need that information from you. And so me as a general contractor, typically I'll get a phone call. We want to renovate my home. Okay. I go there and I am trying to draw things out of you to be able to put a proposal together. But the next contractor has got to do the same thing. And the next contractor, general contractor comes, has got to do the same thing. So you have a mishmash of what my quote is versus the other guy's quote, the other mm-hmm. versus the other guy's quote. So you're not comparing apples with apples. And so that's where, 
that's what happens uh, these types of you know in renovations, and that's why you'll see dumpsters sitting in a driveway for six months instead of you know two three months. So, and then when you coach people, you help them to to put all this thing together, figure out their plan, do all this before they or, well instead of the general contract, so they can manage themselves. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that that's that's the nut the, uh, nutshell is that I. You spend quite a bit of time in planning it out, identifying what your goals are, putting a putting a scope of work together, and and I work with you in terms of uh, understanding what it is you're looking to accomplish. And then there's a whole section there of your interactions with general con- with not general contractors, but with contractors. Mm-hmm. How do you interact with electricians, a plumber? What is it you, you should be looking for? How you should be paying them? All those types of things are really incredibly important, and. Uh, and, and are, are needed for a successful renovation that I help people out with. Okay. Um, so, so in some way it, cause it sounds like it's almost sort of adversarial quality working with a general contractor traditionally in that, yeah, they're working with you to do your project, but they're trying, you're trying to give them as little money as possible. They're trying to take as much money as possible. You're trying to get as fast as possible. They're trying to do it as slow as possible. Um, and so with what you do, it's taking the general contractor knowledge, but sitting on the same side of the table, with your coaching clients. That's absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 um, I act as a de facto general contractor sort of in the sitting in the periphery. Mm-hmm. People will come to me and I will guide them through the process, hold them by the hand. And, but I, they are acting as your own general contractor, but me as sort of in the background, sort mm-hmm. of pushing and prodding them along the process along the way. And, and it's, I love the process because it fulfills a need that I have because I have mm-hmm. this experience and I'm passionate about what I do. And then also at the same time, these people are able to, uh, to, to learn and, and, and develop a skill set. And they save a lot of money at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they're between the, the fee-for-service financial advisor versus the commission-based financial advisor. The fee-for-service one, you're paying them to give their best advice. They have no incentive other than giving you the best advice and making you a satisfied client. Whereas if it's commission-based, maybe this annuity is the right thing for you. Maybe it's not, but that's what they get paid on. So they at least have an internal conflict. Um, whereas, whereas, you know, you same thing. I assume people pay you a, a set fee for your, your advice and your coaching. Um, but then your entire incentive is to provide, to create a satisfied coaching client. Um, and you're, you know, whoever, yeah, if, if the plumber they want to bring in isn't the right choice, and will make them unhappy. It is to your incentive to make sure they don't get that guy. And guess what's going to make them happier? Right, right. Like I, I'm the, the I I as I mentioned earlier, I I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I mm-hmm. and I I have I have a certain amount of uh, time in my life and schedule that will be able to engage people to and walk them through and coach them uh, through a renovation. I enjoy that, and that's why I'm doing it. But as I, I'm not, I, I want, I want to attract people that are serious and they're committed mm-hmm. in, in the process. Um, and uh, and when I see success, I it it, it, it I, I I'm I'm I enjoy the process and it and it, it fills my soul. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking to. I'm looking to identify people that are willing to go down that trek with me. And and uh, and then and it'll be good. It'll be great. It'll be, it's great stuff. It's yeah. I. I it's tremendous what people are able to accomplish over a short two couple of months period of time with my involvement. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's all good stuff. It's all good yeah. stuff. And, and it sounds like 
you know, whatever, whatever you charge, that money comes back multi many times over and in a lack of headaches, like, well, lack of expense for one thing, but lack of headaches, lack of delays, lack of, um, you know, avoiding going down the wrong path, having to rip that kitchen back out that you just put in because it's, it doesn't fit or, or uh, whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many, there's so many, there's, there's a multiple series of steps that you need to engage in from a start to finish when you're doing a full scale house renovation. And so one slip up along the way can be devastating. It costs you thousands and thousands of dollars to fix that mistake. And so again, I'm there to sort of navigate you through those troubled waters to get mm-hmm. you to the promised land where not only are you saving a lot of money, but you're also at the same time as you learn the skill set. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, that sounds like a, a huge value. I've, I've never met anyone who does quite that that kind of uh, renovation coaching um, that you talk about, but I can see a, a huge value for that. And I can see, uh, you know, a lot of comfort in, you know, knowing like this guy's on my side, I'm paying him to be on my side um, and not having to worry about, okay, what are his other, what else is going on in his head when he's telling me to do this and how much do I need to second guess him and whatnot? And that could be, you know, really valuable. And so, so you're able to help people all across the U S and Canada. Is it just in Toronto where where you know, I've got, I've I've helped out uh, people all across North America. Uh, So I, it's, uh, it's amazing uh, what we can accomplish with today's, you know, the technology, look at what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I I didn't even know that this kind of stuff existed until this (laughs) pandemic uh, started. I'm not the most technical kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a hammer, you know, I I got a hammer and a screwdriver in my hand. (laughs) But uh, I, I, yeah, so I have no issues to, you know, helping people out all across North America. And that's what I've been doing. And, um, and I really encourage people to go to my website where there's a bunch of resources there. There's articles, there's uh, mm-hmm. things that I've written, there's videos, and there's also free training that, I provide, that I'm providing as well. Right. So if you go onto the website there, uh, you log in, sign up, and I, I give a breakdown of what it is that we've talked about in terms of how you plan out a renovation, how you execute a renovation, mm-hmm. what the benefits are. Uh, so I encourage everybody to go and uh, to sign up and just use my re- use uh, use my website as a resource. There's a lot of great content there. And then, of course, if they need more, I assume they can contact you through the website and absolutely and get you involved and, and more hands on, so to speak. Absolutely. There, there's uh, again, I am very limited in the amount of uh, space and uh, a commitment that I can make to people. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's only limited amounts. So uh, there's an actual. Uh, yeah, so I encourage you to go to go through training, free training, get get more of an understanding. But there's also a place where you can opt in. There's a series of questions that you that you'll have to answer with regards to where you are, and mm-hmm. then that will prompt you to schedule a phone call with me, and then we'll talk and, and see if there's uh, if there's something that can be uh, accomplished. Well, great, yeah, and that's really smart, um, both both for you and for the people trying to help to have all that free content there. So that someone who just, you know, they, they need to learn one thing. Oh, here it is. Great. Oh, that, that van guy knows his stuff. Thanks, van. I'm out. Um, yeah. But then if they need more, that's when, you know, presumably what, when uh, they could retain you and 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 buy your time, so to yeah. speak. Because, of course, yeah, your time is limited and your experience is built over many decades. So obviously very valuable. Absolutely. And and I I, I give out a lot of content because I want to truly help people. And then mm-hmm. on my website, but also at the same time, uh, coaching like one-on-one, I, I, uh, I want people to put skin in the game because mm, yeah. in the game, there is no commitment. And we all are, 
we all fall victim to that. If we get something for free, we sort of have to toss it off to the side. But if you yep. make a financial commitment to it, you're going to you're going to follow through. And that's what I'm looking for in people. I'm not doing this for money. I'm, I'm pretty well off. <laughs> I'm doing this for for the sake of I want people to I know what it means to have fear in renovations. And so mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is help people overcome it. And and uh, I'm pretty confident I can do that. I love it. All right. Um, so we're coming to the end of our time. Do you have any final uh, remarks you'd like to share with with our audience? I, I really appreciate the time we've had. And thank you very much for having me on your on your show. I encourage everybody to go to vansturgeon.com and uh, to learn more about me. And uh, I, like I said, appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak. All right. Well, yeah, it's been great talking to you and great to learn about what you do. So thank you so much for, for being on. And uh, yeah, everyone should go to vansturgeon.com. Right here is the link there. Um, and yeah, people should should uh, let, let Van take away their fear in the construction process. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Such an interesting guy, such an interesting business model and offering. I, I, you know, I meet a lot of people. I connect with a lot of different models over time, but this is the first time I've met anyone like him. So, so glad I got the chance to have him on the show. It was great, and I'm glad the Van Sturgeon was on there. Uh, of course, you can check out his website, vansturgeon.com, and all the rest of the contact information is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with Michael Whitehouse. Segment introductions by Rowan Whitehouse. Our theme song is composed by Patrick Howard of Four Unicorns Design. Other music was Bits and Bites by Klaus Appel and Summer Ambient Piano by Raphael Crook of filmmusic.io. Find us on the web at www.guywhoknowsaguy.com. Questions can be submitted in written form or as an audio file to michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. You can also follow The Guy Who Knows a Guy on Facebook at facebook.com slash the guy who knows a guy. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode or the podcast as a whole, we welcome you to share our links with them. Thanks. I'll see you next week. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV connect.com December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.